Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Fast Podcast Series. I'm your host, Stephen Roach, and this podcast series is brought to you by the Farmed Animal Antimicrobial Stewardship Initiative, or FAST. The FAST initiative exists to provide farmed animal owners and veterinarians with tools and resources, ultimately with the goal of improving antimicrobial stewardship on the farm. So this podcast series is really meant to showcase conversations we're having with veterinarians and organizational representatives who have a role to play in farmed animal health. Each episode, we're going to discuss with that individual, what does it mean to experience antimicrobial resistance in the field? What does antimicrobial stewardship look like in their view of daily practice? And most importantly, what are their views on the challenges and potential solutions to drive towards a reduced reliance on the use of antimicrobials to, to maintain or improve animal health moving forward? This episode features conversations between myself and my colleague, Dr. Dan Schock, as well as Jan Robinson, the current registrar for the College of Veterinarians of Ontario. And our conversations are going to be a little bit different today than they have been in previous podcasts, because we're going to talk with Jan about the role of the college in helping to support and maintain antimicrobial stewardship, as well as some of the primary questions and concerns that they've been receiving from veterinarians out in the field. So with that, let's get into it. So, hi, Jen. How are you doing? I'm great, Steve. How are you? Good. Uh, so, thanks very much for doing this. We appreciate uh, your time, and I think the insights that you'll have for sort of the, the veterinary community at large will be really interesting uh, related to this issue. Thanks. So, um, I thought, given that, you know, not everyone will have had the, the pleasure of meeting you and interacting with you, if they, you might give just sort of a, a brief introduction about your role as registrar uh, here at CVO and maybe how you got into the role uh, of registrar in the first place. Sure. So yeah, so my title here is Registrar and Chief Executive Officer. Um, The Registrar title really being one that comes out of legislation Mm -hmm. and has lots of authorities that go with it just because of that. But the Chief Executive Officer component being very much about the college and the organization and and, uh, running that. Uh, um, uh, I I am the senior staff uh, individual here, and I'm accountable to the council of the college mm-hmm. uh, of veterinarians. I'm their only staff person, if you look at it that way, <laughs> and that the staff at the college report through me. So we're looking at, my job is to assist uh, with the uh, senior staff leadership in partnership with the council and help the strategic directions and the mandate of the college move forward. That's really uh, what I'm about. Uh, and in terms of being here, I can't believe it actually. Um, it's almost seven years. It's sort of hard to believe. Uh, but I come out of the human healthcare sector, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm an occupational therapist by education, mm-hmm. but I've been leading uh, public policy and regulatory organizations for about 25 years now, mm-hmm. and had the privilege to lead occupational therapy when it was brand new, and then physiotherapy for 10 and a half, and now I'm here and really enjoying it. Awesome. That's great. Well, thanks very much, and thanks again for uh, for being here. So, Jan, we know you've been uh, active in uh, a lot of the initiatives uh, regarding antimicrobial resistance, so we're interested to hear your take on how you see antimicrobial resistance affecting the practice of vet med in Ontario. So it's a big question. Mm-hmm. It's a big question. But, you know, my impression really is, is that... Um, Several of the issues, like the own use importation, growth hormone, or growth promotion and growth hormones, they've long been concerns of food animal veterinarians. These aren't new uh, issues in that regard. 
Uh, and veterinarians, of course, in that sector as well have been working on codes of practice, have been actively engaged uh, in those conversations. And veterinarians generally uh, have great interest, you know, in the whole One Health uh, area and how they can contribute. So, and this one, antimicrobial resistance, uh, is a major one uh, in that regard. And so I, my sense is, is that veterinarians are pretty eager mm -hmm. uh, to engage in responsible use, uh, responsible use discussions. And I think it's really terrific, actually, uh, to have vets as uh, uh, leaders and as significant, having a significant role as stewards uh, in this whole uh, opportunity. Um, it's a really challenging public health problem, and we all know that, uh, but it clearly requires a partnered solution. And veterinarians are really uh, just one component of that. Mm -hmm. So really looking at, it's so much of a heads-up approach, right? Mm -hmm. It's uh, taking a look at uh, not just uh, veterinarians in their role, but veterinarians in their role with clients, veterinarians in their role with industry, veterinarians in their role with other professions. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, that larger web that becomes um, uh, really a difference in how it is we're looking at mm -hmm. uh, practice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my vantage uh, from the regulatory uh, component would say that probably where uh, it's have, going to have its greatest effect is on being deliberate. Mm -hmm. uh, and so increased awareness, uh, that would have to link with education. So a veterinarian uh, being um, uh, regularly aware and increasingly aware you know, of what's happening in their particular sector with their particular species mm -hmm. or disease vectors or you know, whatever that's about. Um, and needing to reflect uh, on uh, what are any practice gaps that one has mm -hmm. uh, in relationship to uh, this and modifying accordingly. You know, I, and I don't uh, know if veterinarians are thinking about it quite this way yet, but it would be really interesting if what this advanced was that each practice had an antimicrobial stewardship program mm -hmm. uh, that they linked to with their clients and their team. Mm -hmm. uh, and roll that out accor accordingly. And it's going to need uh, ongoing uh, evaluation. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that the stewardship language and the stewardship, um, what would I say, framework, mm -hmm. uh, I think is uh, evolving, but I think it's going to take more roots over time. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I, I, one of the things I really like, Jan, about that the, well, those comments is the uh, the collaborative approach, right? It's not going to take one group of individuals or one organization, especially there are no geographic limitations to disease and resistance. Um, and I know from personal experience uh, that, that I've been involved in some of the college's initiatives surrounding antimicrobial resistance and stewardship aimed at trying to improve that collaboration and, and, and get the discussion going with respect to how we tackle that moving forward. And I wonder if you can speak for the listeners a little bit about what the college has, has uh, done uh, sort of on this file, if you will, or around this area. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really pleased to do that. I think uh, the college has been involved in leadership in this area since about 2015, mm. uh, and we really uh, took the opportunity to apply for Growing Forward 2 projects, which uh, we, uh, veterinarians generally hadn't actually been in the funding cycles uh, for that uh, directly, at least in Ontario. And so we were really grateful uh, for those monies uh, to create the conversation. Uh, you know, I'd say about the college that our relationship with the uh, animal food um, sector of veterinary medicine probably was pretty weak, mm -hmm. uh, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. And so this was the perfect opportunity for us to broaden and open that conversation with veterinarians um, across the uh, province. So we had two projects. 
and they culminated in five initiatives kind of focused on uh, education both of veterinarians but also of producers on standard operating procedures mm -hmm. and on uh, data um, data gathering and data sharing uh, mm -hmm. really in terms of being evidence informed uh, and I'm really uh, thrilled that all of them some more than others um, have uh, action uh, that's mm -hmm. happening around them which is really great um, we're also active uh, at uh, tables nationally so we participate in the Canadian Council of Veterinary Registrars and very much had a voice in the pan-Canadian uh, mm -hmm. standards uh, mm -hmm. related to veterinary medicine uh, and antimicrobial resistance. Uh, we've also worked very hard to understand the federal objectives. And so what, where's the federal government really going with this? What is the vision for it? How do we get behind that uh, with our role? Because we have a defined role within it. Uh, what are the right supports, what are the right resources uh, that we can look at. Locally, of course, we've um, been working with our partners at OMAFRA, uh, so the ministry, and uh, with producer groups. I've personally found that really re rewarding, actually, mm -hmm. sitting down with very produ uh, various producer tables. It's been really, really interesting work uh, for Council to look at how we can think about solutions uh, mm -hmm. that will be really helpful on mm -hmm. the ground. The um, Expectations for veterinarians, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're really stepping up. I would just say that they're getting increasing clarity. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we've uh, had some focus on the veterinary-client-patient relationship so that it's clear. Mm -hmm. uh, done some work in the area of drugs, so looking at prescribing, dispensing, mm -hmm. extra-label drug use and compounding. Uh, and really needing to also uh, fine-tune a bit accreditation. Mm -hmm. uh, because we've had the model that we have right now is a long-standing one and uh, it too uh, needs some uh, modernizing mm -hmm. uh, but we're not quite there yet so how does this fit with this more flexible uh, component as we look as we move forward and certainly into communications mm -hmm. uh, we have a time is now campaign certainly materials on our website uh, very much linking this all to a one health um, uh, information site I guess uh, one source of information site uh, for the public but also uh, for veterinarians and I, I, I think um, the last thing I'd want to mention is about a year ago we formed an antimicrobial stewardship leadership collaborative nice. uh, <laughs> with um, uh, OMAFRA, uh, the Ontario Veterinary College and the OVMA and that's been great and we've uh, met really regularly over the last year and that's helped us uh, coordinate our efforts uh, and to uh, really have, a, coming back to your comment earlier, uh, Steve, a real collaborative um, understanding mm -hmm. uh, and not be tripping over one another mm -hmm. and to be really building on each other's strengths as we've gone forward. So it's been, uh, it's been really rewarding. I'm assuming it's not ending anytime soon, though. Oh, good. Well, that's good. I mean, it's nice to, to hear the, the not just the collaborative approach, but the coordinated one, right? Because mm -hmm. I think... Uh, there's been a lot of commentary, be it among producers, veterinarians, other professionals, talking about, you know, who is responsible for resistance and stewardship at the end of the day. And the answer is all of us. And and so it's going to take sort of a, you know, a, a multi, multiple coordinated approaches uh, and a lot of discussion to keep us moving in the right direction. So uh, it's it was also nice uh, to see you uh, presenting at places like the National Farm Animal Health and Welfare Forum, um, sharing that, again, with national commodity groups. There's uh, sort of a wide range of representation there and I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done in a lot of different areas so the, the more we get the message out the better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So kind of along these lines, Jan, so there's already been uh, quite a few changes that have happened. So things like import reduction or elimination of importation of, of for own use or active pharmaceutical ingredients and some changes on the horizon affecting uh, the use. So the, the striking of uh, growth promotion claims from uh, from the labels of medically important antibiotics all the way to access of antimicrobials. So having all antimicrobials go to prescription status. So given all these changes, how do you think they'll affect the profession in general in Ontario? Well, I would say that access to antimicrobials, you're right, is changing immensely, but it's more immensely in some species yeah. than in others. Yeah. So I would say that in companion animal medicine, now I'll come back to this in a minute, but in companion animal medicine, probably not going to feel that quite so much. Mm-hmm. And then in some food species, a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, you know, and these changes, as you know, are federal. In nature, they are not veterinary-led, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're not welcomed, you know, by the veterinary profession. And and I'm really seeing that in terms of uh, a greater opportunity for discussion around animal health and in partnering uh, work with uh, all producers mm-hmm. um, in uh, more closely. So the greatest changes we're seeing really um, are somewhat in the bee sector, mm-hmm. certainly in fish, mm-hmm. uh, both pet fish and aquaculture, mm-hmm. uh, bees, of course, mm-hmm. and then backyard farming, which is the one that we probably know the least about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know it's out there, but the, probably the least about, about what that's going to look like. Uh, so the uh, education um, with regards to uh, veterinarians is really going to be different in terms of the a their interest area mm-hmm. uh, and uh, to what the specifics are around how much they've been involved so far. Okay. Uh, and clients, um, that education will really be about strengthening the BCPR, mm-hmm. that vet client patient relationship, and uh, really um, uh, assisting that to be what would you say the leveraging point okay. um, for yeah. you know sort of the go forward. Um, we've been working on um, uh, accreditation. Mm-hmm. And trying to get the right type, we have our first bee mobile. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, and so that's been interesting, and you know, uh, t- difficult discussions because, uh, as much as we know that uh, the urban farmer uh, might look to go to a companion animal um, hospital, yeah. you know, for uh, their uh, veterinary services, mm-hmm. uh, they are food animals. And our accreditation models were set up intentionally that food animal medicine is accredited differently than companion animal medicine. So how do we how do we make that work? Mm-hmm. Um, prescribing, uh, this is not necessarily um, have been uh, what would say consistent practice uh, mm-hmm. across uh, the profession, and so looking at ways in which we can help standardize that and enhance that, and then of course uh, you know very well that um, dispensing has had lots of conversation mm-hmm. because of bulk access in particular. Right. And so we've been looking at very specific uh, solutions around that with um, uh, vet purchasing, for example, uh, some smaller feed mills, uh, drug manufacturer, uh, mm-hmm. you know, different, different ways in which we can assure that uh, both veterinarians and producers can get what they, what they need. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, um, looking at uh, a website that we can push a variety of materials uh, out there mm-hmm. so that uh, we can have a multimodal uh, yep. response uh, to information. So lots on the go. Yeah. You guys have been busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. 
So uh, perhaps one of the, uh, the things I think that might be most interesting for us to be able to sort of share through a, a, form, a, a mode of communication like this is, uh, is well, what are you hearing? Uh, what are you hearing from the field? What are you hearing from the industry? So uh, we're curious, you know, what, what are veterinarians uh, contacting CVO or the college about? It doesn't even have to be just veterinarians. There could very well be producer groups as well. What are their top questions or concerns related to these changes uh, and how they might impact them? Yeah, so, um, do you know what? It's really interesting. I wouldn't say that we're inundated. Mm. We're not inundated mm-hmm. with calls. You might think we would be. But you know what? I think there's a lot of information out there. And uh, and that's coming from a lot of um, our partners, right? So CVMA uh, has been pushing a lot of information. The OVMA is active in this space as well. OMAFA's had information out, uh, and ourselves, uh, so I think there's a lot of information floating out there. Um, I would say most of the questions that I get are around access, mm. uh, and that's veterinarians and producers. Uh, so that whole remote dispensing conversation yeah. has been occupying time. Mm-hmm. The other one would have been um, education, and I think that that's sort of that gap is getting filled. Mm. But the the education related to okay, how am I going to upskill around bees? Yes. Um, how am I uh, going to get uh, current information around um, aquaculture, both on the farmed and the pet fish side? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether you've heard, but those um, both of those courses that are being offered this fall are fully subscribed, and we have oh, wow. to put new ones in nice. place for next year. Yeah, good. Wow. Yeah, so OVMA has done a great job that way. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, so it's really. Um, I, I I think that's where the mm-hmm. bulk of it has sat. Uh, I, I'm not sure where that will go because I think what we're looking at is imperfect implementation, mm-hmm. right? You know, this is a wicked problem with mm-hmm. all kinds of unknown, you know, lots of knowns and then lots of unknowns, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of rollout. So we're anticipating being uh, very much involved in continued solution building mm-hmm. and conversations with um, all sides of the equation uh, as we move through and uh, past December the 1st. Mm-hmm. And uh, we plan to stay actively engaged uh, in trying to think this through as, mm-hmm. as it occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, uh, but truly, I do think uh, both ourselves as well as uh, the other groups that we've been involved with, particularly in Ontario, have done a lot of thinking and mm-hmm. a lot of pre-work and a lot of reach out. So hopeful. Hopeful that uh, we'll have relatively smooth good. Uh, go forward. Good. Jan, I just want to uh, take a step back because I've been out and dealing with a lot of producer groups and one of the biggest things that I've heard is access, so issues around access. And I've, uh, I, I've heard you speak about this before. I just was hoping you could take us through what the college has done uh, dealing with remote dispensing and specifically to in, in remoter regions or areas that aren't as as uh, populated with that serving yeah. producers. Yeah. So remote only means remote from an accredited facility. Mm-hmm. All right. So a veterinarian has to dispense mm-hmm. from an accredited facility. Mm-hmm. So the word remote may or may not actually mean like her. Well, got okay. a double meeting in this in this <laughs> yeah. sort of circumstance. So the remote producers are concerned about getting, getting yes. access to yeah. these things. And so, so where and remote uh, can be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Grey Bruce County, mm-hmm. or it could be like really uh, north. Exactly. Um, so, um, the um, the aim is is for us to inter. Yeah, we need to safeguard the accreditation model, mm-hmm. and we need to safeguard the dispensing of drugs 
for from a public interest perspective. Mm-hmm. But in terms of access, the aim is to say, okay, where is it that a veterinarian can have the opportunity to dispense from a uh, a larger warehouse, let's call it that, mm-hmm. um, of uh, product that they have brought into their inventory, but can then use um, larger transport mm-hmm. to get it to where it needs to be in a timely way. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I would have to say, so each of those solutions is an individual solution, really, Dan. Okay. It's, not one, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Mm-hmm. We started with... Um, a request from Veterinary Purchasing and mm-hmm. the OVMA to take a look at that larger grouping because it is a collective of veterinarians who have a warehouse. Exactly. Um, so And they have trucks on the road. Mm-hmm. And they can get product anywhere in the province and they do every day. Mm-hmm. So that was a logical place to start mm-hmm. with a veterinary managed uh, solution. Um, but again, uh, you know, we've had conversations with uh, veterinarians who are u- utilizing small feed mills. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking at creative, uh, secure solutions there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I it's hard for me to be super specific, but mm-hmm. every single solution that we've looked at has trucks on the road, mm-hmm. uh, often relationships with producers, often relationships with producers in certain species types, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, veterinarians who are still able to maintain um, their uh, VCPR, the medical records, um, and uh, the accreditation facility standards. Okay. So that's been our key thing is is balancing all of those. Okay. Does that help? That does. Thanks, Jan. Okay. Great. Excellent. Um, well, th- I think that gives us a good insight into uh, into sort of your perspective on on the issue, Jan. So um, I guess without further ado, I just want to thank you for your time and for your thoughts and. Uh, uh, we appreciate the effort that you've been doing on this file. It's important work, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to see how the CVO has engaged and interacted with a number of these other organizations throughout Ontario and Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks very thanks much for you. having me, yeah. and thanks for the opportunity to share what we're up to. Awesome. Thanks, Jen. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Okay, so thanks for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Now, remember to keep checking back with us as we're going to continue to put up new podcasts on this issue, and we're really going to be working on a number of different tools and resources for vets and farmed animal owners moving forward. They're all going to be focused on antimicrobial resistance and the practice of antimicrobial stewardship, so we hope you find them of value. And of course, we really want to hear from you and respond to your needs out in the field. So if you've got ideas, if you've got thoughts you'd like to share with us, please drop us a line at info at amstewardship.ca, or you can find all of the tools, resources, and other ways to contact us at www.amstewardship.ca. Last but not least, FAST again is a collaborative initiative between the Ontario Veterinary Medical Association, Acer Consulting, government, academic, and industry partners, and its mission is to improve antimicrobial stewardship in farmed animals and ultimately prepare farmed animal owners and their veterinarians for upcoming policy and regulatory changes. And as those changes come to pass, the overarching goal and mission is to preserve the efficacy of antimicrobials without compromising animal health or food safety. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.